Uh, we are going to continue, we're going to always keep moving here in the first service, <laughs> in our series that we've been doing on emotions. And so, uh, Father, we just pray you'd open our hearts, uh, you'd speak by your spirit, uh, just in whatever way, uh, God, you want to use this time. Amen. Amen. We've been working on a series for the last few weeks on our emotional worlds, and um, our emotional part of us is a huge part of us. Uh, sometimes we can try to ignore it, sometimes it tries to control us, but it's a huge part of us. And so we've been kind of talking through uh, that aspect, especially as uh, people are feeling a bit more emotional weight in this time with sort of this underlying anxiety with, with everything going on. And we, we started this series by looking at the Psalms, because the Psalms teach us that emotions are okay. And that emotions are good. It's very tempting sometimes to look at emotions that we have, especially difficult emotions, and think they're bad. And the Psalms teach us that, that emotions are good, and even raw emotion is, is good. And the Psalms give us permission to express and to name what is going on in our hearts. And that can be from the highest highs to the deepest frustration to anger at God to wanting, you know, God to do nasty things to our enemies. I mean, just the, the nature of releasing emotion in healthy and safe ways. The Psalms tell us that is okay and that is good. And then the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this idea of this thing called spiritual bypassing, uh, which is uh, very much has affected the church and has affected a lot of our lives, and that is when we use sort of Christian ideas or platitudes or sayings or Bible verses to kind of bypass the real emotions of our heart. And so if we're dealing with sadness or struggling, it's very easy to stay, you know, just stay in the joy and just pretend like everything's okay when in reality you're not okay. And again, it's about making sure we dive into those emotions and we allow room for ourselves to express emotions and allow other, uh, room for others to express emotions. Because as soon as we begin to spiritual, spiritually bypass, we pretend like we don't have deep or difficult emotions or we don't want anybody else to show difficult emotions. What happens is the church becomes a church where we're scared to be vulnerable and we wear masks. Because if... Um, you walk in with a difficult emotion and, and you're scared to share it because you might be shamed or judged for feeling that way. You just want to put on a mask and pretend everything is okay. We need to make room, as the Bible does, for yourself and others to actually not be okay in a moment, to be able to share that deep emotion. And that only leads to stronger community and more beautiful community and more vulnerability, which helps in relationship and with God. And so that's kind of what we talked about for the last couple weeks, and today, we're going to talk about being curious about our emotional world, and this is kind of bridging off the last few weeks, and if you missed those, you can always go back to our Facebook site or YouTube or website and catch up on those. So we've talked a little bit about this, but this will bridge this idea today, that emotions need to be accurately recognized and engaged to be processed. Emotions need to be accurately recognized and engaged to be processed. If you keep trying to push your emotions away or spiritually bypass your emotions and try to pretend that somehow they're going to go away, uh, it, it actually just leads those emotions to, in the end, become stronger and come out in, in negative ways. Dr. Susan David said this, when we push aside difficult emotions, 
in order to embrace false positivity, we lose our capacity to develop deep skills to help us deal with the world as it is. Tough emotions are essential for living a life of true meaning and, yes, even happiness. You might think you're in control of unwanted emotions when you ignore them, but in fact, they control you. Internal pain always comes out, always. And who pays the price? We do. Our children, our colleagues, our community. Uh, it's the idea that if, if you don't transform your pain, you will transmit it. Um, that if we try to squash it or pretend it's not there, it will always pop up in other ways. And in the end, it only hurts others and it hurts ourself. And it causes us to, be, to walk around this world in, in a state where we're not actually very emotionally mature. And that, that hurts our relationships. In some ways, it can be like, like a boat. And, uh, and it's very easy even for folks to be in the church for 10, 20, 30 years and actually be not very emotionally well. And, um, you know, I've been a Christian for more than 20 years, and for most of my Christian life, I have not been actually very emotionally well, because I have been one who has been suppressing my emotions or spiritually bypassing my emotions and, and you know, just pretending everything's okay when maybe not everything is okay. And in many ways, it's like, like a boat being tied to the dock, and someone jumps in, and they hit the throttle, <laughs> just they hit the Holy Spirit power. It's like, let's go, God, let's just do something amazing, and, and the boat's not going anywhere. Like, where is the joy? Where is the power? Where is this freedom? And you're just like, I mean, where in the world is it? It's because your emotional world is still tied to the dock. And it's only when you're actually super honest about what's going on, and you allow others to be honest, and you meet people there, and you bring God into those difficult emotions, that actually those chains begin to break, and you actually are set free to actually sail the ocean the way a, bent, a boat was meant to sail. So I want to talk about two kind of unhealthy responses to difficult emotions. And the first one is, and again we talked about this some, is, is that we suppress difficult emotions or ignore them. The other thing is that we allow difficult emotions to completely control us and to overwhelm us. And when I speak about difficult emotions, I mean, uh, again, there are no negative emotions. There's no bad emotions. And as soon as we start to think that some of our emotions are bad, it will always cause us to put shame on ourselves or guilt on ourselves for feeling a certain way. There are no bad emotions because Jesus expressed emotions of anger and sadness and disgust and trust. Emotions are part of being human, but emotions can be expressed in a negative way. And, um, and uh, that's probably what we're going to talk a little bit about next week. So I find it helpful to look at your emotional world like... A school bus. Uh, we are in the driver's seat, and hopefully it's our, our spirit-led self is in the driver's feet, uh, seat, where the, the Bible says, let the spirit lead, or live your life by the spirit. And, and so we're to lead and drive our bus by our spirit-led self, and then the whole back of the bus is filled with, with all these little kids, which are our emotions. And some of those kids are happy and excited, and some of those kids are sad and broken. And so we have all these emotions in back of the kid, but we don't ignore them. We, we interact with them. But two unhealthy ways to drive your bus is one, is that when some of those difficult emotions in the back, like sadness or anger or jealousy or something like really begin to act up, and they start throwing food at each other, and little kids start beating each other up in the back, is that you as a bus driver completely ignore them. 
You're just like, hmm, you know, I'm fine, everything's great, and we're, we're going to make it to school, and eventually these kids are going to settle down. But if you know kids, they just get worse if you don't inter intervene. I mean, especially if they're hungry, they just get, they just get nasty. And, and yet somehow we think sometimes if I just stay in my spirit-led self and I just ignore all the hurt and the abuse and the junk from my past, that somehow it's just going to go away. It actually just gets louder. And sometimes it gets more hidden in one way, but it'll sneak out in, in other ways. And so that's, that's bad, a bad way. The other way is when you're driving the bus is to just allow those, all those emotions, all those little kids to overwhelm the school bus. And all of a sudden, you know, they're climbing on your lap and they're steering and honking the horn. And pretty soon you're like, I can't do this. And so you give up and you go sit in the back seat and you just let your emotions control the bus. I mean, that's not healthy either. And so talking just a little bit more. So the first unhealthy way is when you push your difficult emotions away. Either you pretend they're not there you just, you stomp on them. As we talked about last couple of weeks, sometimes we think those emotions are unchristian, but they're very Christian, and they're very real, and they're very okay. But if we push difficult emotions away, often some symptoms of that, it, are, one is blame. You might say, well, well, he made me get angry. He's the problem. Because not, you, you're, you don't think those things are in you, and you, you suppress them, you ignore them, so it's always someone else's fault. So whenever you feel sadness or anger or, you know, grief or jealousy, it's always completely someone else's fault rather than stopping and say, maybe actually there's something in me that I need to look at. It comes out in avoidance. You might say, it's too painful to talk about. I'll just change the subject. And so whenever someone asks you, you know, what's going on really? And you might say, you know, everything's fine. And it's okay to say that if that person's not safe. You don't want to cast your pearls before swine, as Jesus says. You don't want to take those broken emotional things and hand them to someone who can't handle them or who's going to judge you and shame you. But if you're with someone safe, I mean, and you're just never, never able to talk about the trauma in your past or the difficulty you're struggling with last week, it could be that you have an unhealthy response by avoiding what's going on or denial, where you know there's something wrong with you because it keeps popping up, but you just keep on denying it or trying to spiritually bypass it, and it might come out like this. You know, my life is fine. You know, it's better than some people I know. My life is fine. I'm fine. <laughs> but, but are you really? Are you ignoring the brokenness in your past? And, and we see, of course, blame in Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve ate the fruit. His immediate response was not, you know, what was going on in my heart, and what made me want to do that? And I mean, I know God is love, but what made me just want to do this crazy thing he just tried to ignore it. Just, it's, it's Eve's fault. It's all blame. Not a very healthy way to uh, deal with your emotions. The other one is allowing difficult emotions to control you. This is where you just, as a driver of the bus, you just like, I cannot handle it. And you just give up. <laughs> you go sit in the back and you take a nap and, and all the emotions just take over. And so you might feel overwhelmed. Like you're just completely out of control. You may feel like you're a victim, like you have no choice, you're powerless, you can't control the kids on the bus and they're just taking over and you're just the victim of everything and you have no, no power. Or you may feel hopeless. You know, what is the point anyway? You know, I've tried, it's just hopeless, I should just give up. And again, you just let all these emotions take over. Um, you will never move forward very quickly in your life if you try to do this. Uh, I mean, a, an example of this is in Matthew, of someone who allowed his emotions to take over his bus. And the, the example is Judas. 
It says, when Judas, who had betrayed him, realized that Jesus had been condemned to death, condemned to death, he was filled with remorse. And, and sometimes we don't read, as we talked about, I think, last week, the week before, we don't read the Bible emotionally. You know, sometimes we just look at Judas as totally this nasty character, but, but sometimes you got to, even those people that are, you think are enemies, you got to try to understand and, and read them emotionally. And, and it says here that he was actually filled with remorse. And so he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and, and elders, and he says, I have sinned. This is like, like repentance. You know, I have sinned. I have done wrong, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. And, and yet he obviously maybe didn't reach out or didn't, you know, need some help. He, he felt so ashamed and so filled with remorse that he allowed his, his emotions to so overwhelm him that it says, then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and he hanged himself. And of course, this is the extreme of allowing emotions to overwhelm the school bus is, is when, uh, you know, someone commits, commits suicide. And, and this happened to Judas, allowing difficult emotions to control us. So a, a more healthy response, and this is what we're going to talk about for the rest of our time, is to actually, instead of a, avoiding them or letting them be, uh, to overwhelm you, is actually to be curious about them. Uh, research on emotional suppression shows that when emotions are pushed aside or ignored, they get stronger. And this is one of the, the biggest lies that sometimes we believe and, and sometimes that spiritual bypassing makes us think and that somehow if I just ignore all the junk from my past and if I just ignore the issues that I'm struggling with emotionally, that somehow they're just going to disappear. They may disappear in some ways, but they will always pop up in other ways. And, and this is what research around emotions tells us. And so we can't ignore them. We don't want to be overwhelmed by them. We want to do this in a healthy way where we invite God into our emotional world. And we got to be like Curious George. I remember reading Curious George to my kids. And uh, Curious George, of course, the curious little monkey, he was curious about everything. Anything he saw, anything he touched, he was curious and had to, had to look at it and play with it and touch it, touch it and, and it always got him into trouble. But this is the difference between Curious George and our emotional world. When we are curious about our emotional world and we want to touch that emotion and, and turn it upside down and ask questions, it, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't lead to trouble like Curious George. It actually leads to healing. And um, science actually tells us that one of the first steps towards healing is actually to begin to learn and acknowledge the truth of what's going on in, in your life. And the Bible tells us this as well. In Proverbs 14, it says, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. That we are always to give thought to our ways. And so if we see emotions popping out in unhealthy ways, extreme jealousy, uh, outbursts of anger, you know, just having zero empathy for, for certain kinds of people or a certain race or whatever it might be, to give careful thought to your ways. Be curious. Why is that anger popping up? Why is that jealousy overwhelming? Why do I just not have love for this kind of person? Dig and be curious when it comes to those emotions. And Jesus said it this way. First, take the plank out of your own eye, check your heart, ask questions, figure out what's going on, 
and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And, and most of the time when we judge people negatively, which is most of judgment, it's often a result of, of brokenness within us. And because we're broken in a certain spot, we want to cage that in, and we want to control our thinking and try to feel safe by having a nice little cushy box that if anybody comes along who thinks differently or has a different theological opinion or, or comes along with a, with a different idea or looks different, we just want to judge them because we feel threatened. And often we feel threatened because of unresolved emotional brokenness in our heart. And, and people who are very judgmental and very controlling, it's often just a sign of, hey, would you, you need to get curious. This is what Jesus said. First, take the plank out of your own eye. What is going on beneath your judgment? What is going on beneath your unwillingness to appreciate that person and, and celebrate that person who is different than you? So be curious about your emotions. And here's a picture of my shop. I got a shop at home, and uh, because I was, um, before I was a pastor, I was actually a, a licensed VW mechanic. And so I still work on VWs uh, now and then. I actually had two Volkswagen Beetles in my garage the other week, which is kind of cool because you don't see them very much. Uh, but anyways, this, this little white VW came in, and um, it, it wouldn't run. It got, it got towed in. And, uh, and as a mechanic, I know that I have to be curious I know it's not going to work if I just go up to this car and begin to spiritually bypass. You know, car, you are beautiful. You are, you are so wonderful. I love you. You're amazing. Just think happy thoughts, love and light, love and light and beauty. Everything's wonderful. You know, I could, I could spiritually bypass to the end of the world and that car's not going to start. And yet often we think that in our life, if I just speak all these positive things, that somehow these broken parts of my life are going are gonna to disappear. They won't. Sometimes God does step in and do a miracle, but the vast majority of time, you actually need to be curious about those dark emotions, those difficult emotions, to bring, to bring healing. So, I mean, as a mechanic, I knew I, talking to this car is not going to do anything. Uh, I knew I had to be curious, and so, you know, as a mechanic, the first thing is like, well, may, there's, maybe it's, there's no spark, or maybe there's no not getting fuel, and so let's check it out. So I'm curious, so I realized after checking, well, it does have sparks, so it's got to be a fuel issue. You know, maybe, maybe it's, a, it's a beetle with fuel injection, so maybe it was a fuel pump. Maybe the filter was plugged. Maybe there's no power getting to the fuel pump. And so I begin to diagnose it and see the fuel filter is flowing fine. And, and yes, there's power to the pump. And in, in the end, I realize it, it's the fuel pump. So I changed the fuel pump, and now the car, the car one runs great. But, but again, when we're broken, sometimes instead of being curious, we just we start changing parts, <laughs> You know, maybe it's this, or maybe it's this, and oh, maybe it's this, and you know, maybe I just need another conference. Maybe I just need the latest worship song. Maybe I just got to keep listening to more and more sermons. Maybe, maybe, and you're just changing all these parts and not actually dealing with the real issue, the fuel pump. I mean, I could have gone to that car and started changing the brakes and the lights and the, you know, the alternator, and, and it still wouldn't work. You need to be curious about your emotions. Ask the difficult questions. Diagnose what is going on? And it'll save us from a lot of trouble. I mean, we can look at Genesis 16. It says, when Hagar knew she was pregnant, and, and the backstory of this, of course, uh, is um, when Sarah couldn't have a baby, and, and she's, um, you know, they have this promise from God to have this child, and so, you know, they try to work it out on their own. So Sarah says to Abraham, why don't you sleep with my, with my, my slave girl and then, and then have a baby? And so Abraham does. He sleeps with, with Sarah's slave girl. 
Hagar. And it says, when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. Therein Sarai said to Abram, this is all your fault. You see that blame? Ignoring what's going on, pretending it's all someone else's fault rather than what's going on in my own heart. I put my servant in your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show you who's wrong, you or me. I mean, this is a marital fight. And, 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 and because she is not actually looking in. I mean, this could have been so much different. And we all know what this is like maybe in our own marriages in different ways. But, but it's way more helpful to, instead of lashing out and blaming, to be curious. You know, what is going on in my heart? You know, I'm sensing that, that, that I'm jealous. I'm sensing that somehow I feel that I'm being left out or I'm going to be, be abandoned. And, and what would it look like if, if Sarah went up to Abraham and said, you know, this is how I'm feeling through this situation because she's been curious and trying to diagnose and she talks it out through Abraham. It probably wouldn't have ended up like this. Again, as soon as you suppress emotions, they will always pop up somewhere else and it will always end up hurting you or the people around you. And so... What we want to do is learn, instead of ignoring our emotions and pushing them away, which again will cause all kinds of trouble, is to actually learn to, to, be, to befriend those difficult emotions. And again, if you're still struggling with the idea of anger or sadness or uh, you know, despair, thinking emotions are bad, I think you can go back in the last couple of weeks because Jesus felt those things and he was perfect. Those emotions are good and beautiful. So we want to befriend our emotions. Matthew 2 says this. Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the Pharisees, or when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees, saw them eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum. And I apply this to our emotional world. Because a lot of times we will look at our emotional world and we will see things that we would call scum. Tax collectors, sinners, you know, you know, dirty, rotten, unrighteous things in, in our emotional world. And, and we're like, I don't want to hang around with those. I just want to shame them. I want to condemn them. I'm not going to hang around with those things inside of me. But you have to learn to befriend them. Because again, Jesus hung around tax collectors and sinners. When the, when the Pharisees are saying, why do you hang around with such scum? It's because Jesus said, I love them. And this is what we need to learn to do in our emotional world. That again, your emotions are not bad. <laughs> don't treat them like outcasts or don't treat them like, you know, dirty, rotten people that you want to stay away with. You actually want to befriend them just as Jesus did. Sometimes we can look at certain emotions in us and, and we think they're our, our enemy. Again, because difficult emotions, I mean... We don't like them. I mean, they, they, they make life hard. They make it miserable at times. And so sometimes we think those emotions are our enemy. Just go away and stay away, you shameful feeling. But Jesus said, you have heard that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I mean, that was kind of Old Testament, you know, where people were at. But Jesus, again, brings revelation for the Old Testament into the revelation of love. When he says, but I say, you love your enemy enemies. You love your enemies. And this includes those emotions in you that you might see as your enemy. You love them. You invite them to dinner. You befriend them. You draw close to them. Or we can see Mark 10. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus. 
so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the little children come to me. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. So this goes back to our school bus. So here we are in our driving our school bus and our spirit-led self. We have all the little kids in the back, which are our emotions. And so we have some of those difficult emotions and they start acting up. And everything inside of us is like, I don't want to hang around with that scum. <laughs> Just go away. You know, they're my enemies. They're going to wreck my life. And, and Jesus would say, no, you love your enemies. You learn to draw close to those. In fact, you, you get up from your school bus seat and you go back to where that little kid is. And just like Jesus, you put that emotion on your knee and you hold that emotion and you love that emotion and you be curious about that emotion. And so there's this idea, again, of going back to this emotion in your bus and you want to create kind of like a non-judgmental space to be curious. And again, this is what, what Jesus did in Luke 14. Then he turned to his host. When you put on a luncheon or banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back. And that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Have a meal together. Have a time where there's a safe space where all these brokenness can come and have a meal. And this is what we do. With our spirit-led self, we go back to those broken emotions, and we sit down with them, we invite them up on our knee, and we say, I'm going to give you a safe place. Just tell me what's going on. And sometimes you'll have other emotions like joy. Hey, this is going to rob me of my joy. And you just got to say, joy, just stay in your seat. <laughs> right now, it's just me and my sadness, and I want to be curious about my sadness. I want to be curious about my jealousy. I want to be curious about my anger. I want to be Jesus-like towards this emotion. Henry Nouwen said, hospitality means primarily the, the creation of a free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them a safe, uh, offer them space where change can take place. And so again, it's this idea of creating a safe space for these difficult emotions so you can be curious. And again, if you, want, if you like the school bus image, which I do, you can just picture yourself getting up and going back to sadness, because maybe you see sadness keep acting out, or anger, or you know, grief, or whatever it might be, and you just sit down, and you just create a safe space for that emotion in your emotional world. You just kind of put away other emotions, because sometimes other emotions will want to stop you, because, oh, you know, this emotion's bad. It's like, no, actually, this emotion, somebody just have to say, this emotion's good. Emotions are good. They're given by God. The Psalm's giving permission to voice and to, to release emotion. And you create this say, and you can just start asking questions. Now, how are you doing today? You know, what have you been going through? You know, where did this feeling begin? You know, how, how have you been treated by others? You know, I'm sorry that I've been ignoring you. And you treat this emotion like a, a real person. And just as Jesus loved the tax collectors and sinners, we come in and we love that emotion and be curious about it and figure out what is going on in our life. Um, Henry Cloud and John Townsend in the book Boundaries says, we need to have a, safe, a, a space inside ourselves where we can have a feeling, an impulse, or a desire without acting it out. So again, you don't want that emotion to overwhelm you, but you want to have a safe space where you can be curious about it. 
And again, it's only when you're accurately curious and you get some accuracy about why you're feeling can you actually move towards healing. That's just the way, the way it is. And so uh, one way you can do this is, again, so you picture yourself going to this emotion, putting this emotion on your knee, loving this emotion just as, 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 as Jesus does. But you can also invite Jesus into this emotion. In Matthew 9, it says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And we need to have this Jesus-like compassion for our emotions. And we can invite Jesus because we know he has compassion for our emotions. Invite Jesus. So here we are sitting down, loving, listening to this emotion. And then we can picture visually Jesus coming to sit down and holding that emotion and bringing Jesus into this emotion. Now, I will say uh, that sometimes you need to put boundaries around your difficult emotions. Because sometimes when you begin to listen to your diff this difficult emotion, it can actually begin to overwhelm you and start taking over. And sometimes you can only listen to that emotion maybe for 15 minutes and begin diagnosing, and then you just start to feel like an emotion is going to take the steering wheel of the bus. And sometimes you just got to say, you know, after listening to a difficult emotion, you just need to say, you know, right now, sadness, I just need you to step back for a little bit. I'm going to go hang out with joy for a moment. <laughs> and, and you can do this because you're not all one emotion at any moment where we have all kinds of hosts of emotions going on. And so like a school bus with all these different emotions, you can say, you know, you know, I know you're really hurting sadness and I spent some time with you and I think I'm starting to get some things figured out, but right now I got to go to work and so I'm just going to ask you to stay in your seat for a few hours. And it's okay to put those boundaries around. I mean, again, we want to make sure like Galatians 5 says, let the Holy Spirit guide our lives that, that at all times our, our spirit-led self is driving the bus. And uh, we'll continue this uh, next week. But I'm just going to invite Daniel up and we're just going to do a little exercise here with some of the stuff we talked about today. And so you want to just uh, in this moment, you can close your eyes and I'll just talk us through this. Uh, but maybe take a moment to become aware of a difficult emotion that you're dealing with right now. Now, you may not want to pick the, 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 the most difficult, because it's just going to be quick, but just a difficult emotion that you think you could handle thinking through in this moment. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's sadness. Maybe it's feeling hopeless. stress, whatever that difficult emotion may be. And just picture your spirit-led self going and walking towards that emotion. And you just want to create a safe space where you can sit down in the same seat on the couch maybe in that school bus seat. And you can just tell that emotion, this is a safe place. There's no shame. There's no rejection. There's no guilt. This is a safe space. And then just extend a Jesus-like compassion towards that emotion. Just as Jesus had compassion on the broken and the hurting, have compassion on that difficult emotion. You know, picture yourself wrapping your arms around that emotion, 
holding that emotion. I can tell that emotion that I see you and that I hear you and that it's okay. Maybe you just want to take some time just to ask some questions. Maybe just ask, you know, how how have you been doing this last week? Maybe you even just want to apologize and ask for forgiveness for ignoring that emotion, for thinking that emotion is bad, for not giving that emotion a Jesus-like love. ask questions like, when did that emotion begin? And what's been making that emotion worse? And after you spend some time being curious, then you can just invite Jesus Father, the Holy Spirit, perfect love <laughs> to come into that scene. And just as Jesus had compassion for the hurting, he comes towards you in that emotion with compassion. And just as Jesus took those little kids and placed them on his knee and hugged them and blessed them, you can see Jesus placing that emotion on his knee and holding that emotion. And then you can just ask, even ask Jesus questions. You know, Jesus, what do you want to say to this emotion in this moment? What do you want to say to this emotion in this moment? Allow those eyes of peace, those eyes of grace, those eyes of forgiveness, those eyes of acceptance, just to envelop you in that difficult emotion. Jesus, we thank you that you care. And we thank you that you understand that as we read your story, we see you dealing with difficult emotion. And thank you for giving us permission that that's okay. God, I thank you that you love those difficult parts of us, that you don't run from them, how you run towards them. Just as you ran towards the, the broken and the hurting and the tax collector and the sinner, that you run towards that darkness. You run towards those difficult things in our lives. And we invite your love and your healing touch to bring peace, 
bring direction, to make our story more rich. We thank you, God, that you are present and that you are good. In Jesus' name, amen.